0: It's often called the sixth sense. It's how we know where our body parts are, a hand, a foot, without having to look at them. But how does a soft, squishy animal know where its body parts are? For a variety of reasons, researchers have been looking for a way to better understand it. And it took new technology to do so.
1: So when the animals crawl, there's a wave of muscle contraction that goes from the posterior of the animal to the anterior of the animal. And one initial surprise is that of this group of six neurons that we looked at, five, all but one, were sensing some aspect of that forward contraction.
0: On this episode of the American Scientist podcast, seeing the sixth sense by imaging neurons in real time as fruit fly larvae crawl. I'm Robert Frederick. The proprioceptive system is the special set of nerve cells it takes for us to know where a finger, hand, arm, toe, foot, or leg is without looking at them, and at least at a basic conceptual level, understanding how it all works seems straightforward, because our body's parts are connected to one another by a fairly rigid skeleton, so our bodies don't grow or shrink much when our muscles contract or relax but soft, squishy animals' bodies do. And there are plenty of reasons to better understand the proprioceptive systems of soft, squishy bodies and soft, squishy body parts, including our tongues. For example, when there's proprioceptive dysfunction in a person's tongue, it can affect every aspect of that person's life, including the ability to speak. In the July-August 2019 issue of American Scientist, I wrote about new research out of Columbia University to image the active, working, proprioceptive system of a fruit fly larva. It was the combined research of two teams, one headed up by neurobiologist Wes Gruber and the other headed up by physicist and engineer Elizabeth Hillman. I spoke with them by Skype and started our conversation by asking them to give me a sense of what this research means for each of their respective disciplines. Here's our interview.
1: So for my discipline, we're very interested in how sensory systems develop. And part of the rationale for doing this study is to link the development of a sensory neuron, where it projects, what it looks like to the function of that sensory neuron. And we did this, uh, we knew a lot about the development and the anatomy of the sensory neurons, but we had no idea how this could link to what they do for the animal. And that's why we linked with Elizabeth, who allowed us to perform the imaging of sensory neurons as they're acting and as the animal is moving around in real time.
0: Do you want to just take it from there, Dr. Hillman?
2: Sure. Sure. Well, so I am originally a physicist and I caught this bug of really enjoying making imaging systems and making new ways of being able to see living systems that allow us to actually directly visualize what's going on. And so we developed this technique, scape microscopy, which is swept confocally aligned planar excitation microscopy a few years ago now, and it just sort of evolved as a technique. My hunch was that we could use this method to get to faster three-dimensional microscopy. And as the technique sort of got better and better, I started to show it around to my colleagues at Columbia and various people. And I met Wes quite a long time ago. And he said, well, you know, I study these drosophila larvae and I want to be able to see them crawling. And, you know, I think that your method might be the thing that we need to enable us to Actually, allow them to crawl and observe the way in which their neurons are being folded by the body wall, and maybe even how the neurons are firing in relation to the way that they're moving. And so, um, it was the beginning of a collaboration, and I really credit Wes with having sort of challenged us and helped us to improve and drive the quality of the images that we were getting from the microscope to the point that you know they were actually of use to him as a biologist. And so. We worked very closely, Uh, Wes's graduate student, Rebecca and my graduate student, Wednesday worked under our combined guidance and we improved the resolution of the system dramatically. We figured out all the sort of technical ways of having to hold the lava. And then we spent a great deal of time also developing algorithms image analysis techniques that allow us to track the cells in three-dimensional space and extract the signals. And in parallel with this, Wes and, and his student did a lot of work in improving the fruit fly larva as well and making the brightness of the fluorescence better and different kinds of fruit fly larva that have all different kinds of cells labeled. And so we worked together and produced a real scientific result that I don't think would have been achievable to do without our microscope. And it was my goal to be able to show that my microscope could do something useful for a biologist. But in the end, I would say it's been a real lesson in learning how really working side-by-side led us both to explore things that we hadn't really thought to explore in our work as well, and helped us to guide towards something now where we're applying this technique to many, many different biology problems that this has opened up. But this was the perfect example of the value of being able to do high-speed 3D imaging.
0: Is the proprioceptive system, this part of the nervous system of fruit fly larvae, markedly different from that of adult fruit flies where they've got exoskeletons?
1: There are some differences. So it has to do with the soft body wall of the larvae. And, you know, one big part of our initial reason for getting into this work was that there were specific areas that these proprioceptive neurons went. And we thought that those areas would be the parts of the soft body that crunch and move as an animal crawls, but it wasn't known for sure. And this is in contrast to an adult, which has a hard exoskeleton and most of the movement arises from the movement of the limbs. And in the adult, the proprioceptors are placed strategically at the limb hinges in order to sense the movement of those limbs and provide information to the brain. Whereas we didn't know the dynamics of this soft-bodied proprioceptive system in the larvae, but we had some ideas, and that's where the imaging was really important to test these
0: ideas about the movement and what those movements did and what they signaled to the brain. So starting this study, what was the understanding of how these sets of neurons, the proprioceptive system, functioned?
1: Yeah, so the idea was based on studies a few years ago where large groups of the proprioceptive neurons and subsets of the proprioceptive neurons were electrically silenced. And the findings suggested that the proprioceptors themselves didn't have, among them, specific unique roles in sensing body movement. And instead, it was a largely redundant system where the cells operated somewhat similarly And with the high speed and the high resolution that we obtained with scape microscopy and the precise tracking that Dr. Hillman alluded to earlier, we were able to pinpoint specific types of cells and specific time points in which they fired that were different from one another. And so I think the next set of studies will start to silence these specific neurons more specifically and ask whether in fact the timing, the different timings uh, that they show activity is important for potentially different functions. Instead of redundancy, maybe each one has its own role, either in forward crawling or movement, complex movements, such as bending and exploring the environment. Uh, Those things have yet to be explored and studied.
0: So what exactly was limiting the ability to get this kind of imaging before now? I guess another way to ask this is, what kind of modifications did you have to do to get this kind of resolution, seeing inside a living, moving animal?
2: Well, when we did the first demonstration of this technique, I mean, I'll freely admit we had no idea what we were making, right? We sort of broke all the rules that people had been following about how you should make a light sheet microscope. And so we just wanted to see if it was possible to form an image using this crazy idea of kind of moving the sheet backwards and forwards and then re-imaging it back onto a camera. And at the time we didn't really recognize all the benefits of it. And we, we didn't really recognize, you know, we places where we would be able to improve it. It took a lot of tweaking and thinking really carefully about every single component of the system. For example, these lava are delightfully long and thin. And so for this, we could actually orient them relative to the sheet of light. And so we could sample them really nice and quickly and densely across their body. And the resolution of being able to see these individual dendrites was really, really critical. Right. So it guided us towards making each of these improvements, getting the the multispectral part really good and robust so that the calculations actually were accurate. Things like that was key.
0: Of the microscope, we've got the terms multispectral, high-speed.
2: Multispectral means that we used multiple colors. That was a really important feature of this study because we are able to generate different colors of fluorescent protein within the cells of the fruit fly larva. And in our first demonstration, we just did green labeling and we could see the structure of the cells. But in the second part of the paper, we used red to label where the cells were. And then the green color was actually when the brightness of the green was going up and down that was giving us the calcium levels in the cell which was telling us basically how it was firing. And if we hadn't measured both of them at the same time, all we would have had is say the green just going kind of flashing on and off, but that would have made it very difficult to see exactly where the cells were and also there could be kind of weird effects of movement that would be contaminating our signal. So it was important that we had two colors. So one we knew should be stationary and one we knew should be changing. And then we actually used the ratio between the two of them to give us a measure of the calcium. So that's the multispectral part. I can't remember what the second one was. High Which
0: speed? How fast is high speed?
2: So it's, it's fast. This is a 10 volume per second recording. We've since actually done over a hundred volumes per second, but there's a very long explanation for this, but the 10 volumes per second, I like to say, is kind of the speed of life. The difference here is that when you go at 10 volumes per second, the lava can move. And yet each individual frame that you take out and you look at the volume, it looks like it's stationary. Right. If you go slower, everything's going to be kind of smeared and blurred and choppy. You know, So that's why that speed was really critical here because it was sort of taking almost like a freeze frame of the lava as it crawled and you could see the smooth motion and you could track the cells from one frame to the next. A lot of other light sheet techniques traditionally kind of had to physically move the sample backwards and forwards, which we couldn't do here because we needed the sample to be able to just groove and do what it wanted to do.
0: So now with this ability to see the working proprioceptive system, the activity of these neurons as they're firing, to what extent does that capacity provide new insight into how these sets of neurons work?
1: Yeah, I think the new insights that I think were a little bit surprising to us and that we didn't expect is that most of the neurons fire At a specific time, as the animal is moving. And the important sense seems to be this forward movement of the animal. So, when the animals crawl, there's a wave of muscle contraction that goes from the posterior of the animal to the anterior of the animal. And one initial surprise is that of this group of six neurons that we looked at, five, all but one, were sensing some aspect of that forward contraction there was only one neuron that was active when the animal stretched out that was sensing the stretched phase of movement. So that was an initial surprise to us. And you know, one question is, why are all these cells contributing to sensing this contraction phase? What is it that's important about that phase that's being sensed so, you know, potentially so precisely by this population of cells? I think the other thing that was surprising to us that we hope to follow up on in the future and that we're Currently, working out is that the position of the cell might matter in a very important way. The projections of these cells go to specific places on the body wall, and when that body wall crunches, the cell fires. And so, we're next really interested in understanding developmentally how cells are precisely positioned in order to sense these stimuli, these external
0: forces on the body wall. So your next task then is silencing specific neurons. So of these six different groups, you'd silence say one of the moving forward ones and see how the animal reacted differently? Right, yes, we're currently working on that. And we've
1: identified lines that give us greater specificity for sensory neurons. And the idea is to silence them and then use very precise ways of measuring their behavioral changes, whether they stop turning, whether they crawl in circles, whether they crawl a little bit more slowly and ask if there are specific roles for these cells. And these hypotheses about what they might do are very heavily dependent on our findings here in this paper. So I think it opens up a lot of new questions
0: for us. Elizabeth Hillman and Wes Gruber, thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you. Elizabeth Hellman is a physicist and engineer, and Wes Gruber is a neurobiologist. In the July-August 2019 issue of American Scientist, or online at americanscientist.org, You can read more about their efforts to see the proprioceptive system in action and see images online, find links to the original research, and see a video of the fruit fly's proprioceptive system as it crawls. The article is titled, Seeing the Sixth Sense. You've been listening to a podcast from American Scientist Magazine, published by Sigma Xi, the Scientific Research Honor Society. I'm Robert Frederick.